page number 1259, if you have a Schofield King James Bible. Let's stand one more time as we read together, beginning verse 25. Verse 25. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God, oh I love that, but God, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow Upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more careful, carefully, that when you see him again, ye might rejoice, and that I might be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Because the work of Christ was, uh, because because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lacks of service towards me. We're looking at getting to know different people in the Bible. Tonight we want to look at a man. This is the only place he is mentioned in the Bible. Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. A totally devoted Christian. Man, Epaphroditus was a gem. And Paul knew it. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Tyler, how about you lead us to the throne of grace? Amen. You be seated. Epaphroditus. As one reads the epistles and life of Paul the Apostle, it's easy to see he crossed paths with a lot of different people. Some people he crossed paths with were not very good. Philippians 1.16 the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. He said in 1 Timothy 1.19, Holding faith in good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, I made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So not everyone was, was someone that he considered to be good. But for the most part, most of the people Paul recorded were very, very good people. P- 
people that you would um, you could say, man, they, they were just very good. And Paul was very quick to always give people around him the the praise and and uh, the acknowledgement of what they had done. As a matter of fact, in the book of Romans, he mentions over thirty five people by name. So uh, he was somebody that uh, knew a lot of people, uh, uh, worked with a lot of people, and Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus was one of those people. Now, we know next to nothing about this man. His name was a, a Greek name. His name means belonging to or favored by Aphrodite. Aphrodite was a Greek goddess of love. So literally, Epaphroditus, his name means lovely or charming. That was what his name meant. Now, as we begin to watch this man, again, there's practically nothing. But may I say this? Any time a name is mentioned in the Word of God. I, I want to stress to you that John said, if all that Jesus said and done was recorded in books, the world would not contain them. So God has given us a book. How I many has got your Bible? Amen. God's given us a book. And so, 66 books in one volume called the Word of God. So you see the premium that God puts on every name. So Epaphroditus is not mentioned anywhere, but here, but may I say this, it is mentioned. So it's worth looking at. And as we unpack his life, you'll see something that all is so needful in our day. He was a man that was totally committed and devoted to God. What a rare, rare individual that is becoming. Let me stop and say this. We got some people like that here at Solid Rock Baptist Church. And I praise God for them. I got my prayer list out after I'd studied this. Got my, my uh, prayer list and just went down all the names of those that have been committed and totally devoted to the things of God. And just praise God for them. Ask God to bless you. Because, boy, if there's anything, these young people in this choir need to see is a whole bunch of older people being devoted. They need to look out there and pick out their Sunday school teacher. They need to pick out the, uh, the preacher. They need to pick out people in the church 
And if there's nothing greater you could do. But what does it mean? What does it mean to be devoted, totally devoted Christian? Well, I'm not going to ask your opinion about it because we get all kinds of opinions. And um, that wouldn't be good. So let's look in this very brief one verse that Paul says about Epaphroditus and see if we can find out what it means to be totally devoted. May I say number one, he was a balanced Christian. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now notice, he gives a description. He's my brother, Paul said in Christ. He's a companion in labor. And he's a fellow soldier. But your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. There's one thing Epaparatus was. He was a balanced Christian. It's so easy to get out of balance. How many believe you ought to read your Bible? How many believe you ought to pray? How many believe you ought to be a witness? How many believe you ought to work? Boy, there's a whole lot goes on in our lives. And we're very busy. The Ecclesiastes, the preacher said, in Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season. In a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. And a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. A time to heal. Time to break down. Time to build up. There's a time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones together. A time to embrace Time to refrain from embracing. Time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend, a time to sow. A time to silence and a time to speak. Time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. One thing he's saying there, there's a whole lot of things that life hands us, but we've got to keep it in balance. Got to keep it in balance. I've pastored long enough and um, I've met enough people. I love, especially these young couples wanting to get married. And I'll say, Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I ain't got a job. What you going to live on? We're going to live on love. We're going to live on love. Well, I tell you, love does pretty good for about a day. Then somebody's going to get hungry. And somebody's going to get work. You know, when you first get married, you don't want to, you, you know, you, you, you come off your honeymoon, it's time to go back to work. And you know, you're just, you're just hugging and kissing. You don't want to go to work. But you know what? You got to go to work. You got to go to work. Uh, you know, you can't work all the time. You got you to gotta play some. You know, you can't 
sleep all the time. Got to be awake some. Paul said Epaphroditus was a great, great balanced Christian. He, uh, and, and when something's out of balance, it's like a wheel on a car just wobbles all over creation. I, I know a lot of Christians are wobbly. They're wobbly because they stress one thing over other things. Uh, let me give you an example. I, I believe we, we support missions. I believe in missions. I love missions and, 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 and I, I support them. Uh, personally, our church supports missions. But may I say this? I know of churches that support 150 missionaries. But the church looks like a dump. The church looks an absolute dump. I know churches that support missionaries, hundreds of them. But the pastor has to work two jobs because he can't make it. can't survive. May I say that's out of balance. I believe you're supporting missions. But God's given us a building. We ought to take care of the building. Now I think we'll take care of the building over missions. But I think each one's got to have their place. And you've got to have things in balance. Epaphroditus was a, was a great. He was balanced in his walk as a son. Paul said, he's my brother in Christ. He said, we're a member of the same Christian family. He said, and he said, I just tell you, I just love this brother in Christ. He's my, he's my, my son in the Lord and we're part of, he's my brother. And he said, Paparitis, he's being a good brother. Oh, may I say this. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. May I say this, we ought to love one another in this building. If you can't love people at work, love the ones in this building. Love one another. Not only was he balanced as a son, but he was balanced as a servant. Epaphroditus was a fellow worker with Paul. In other words, he shouldered his part. He didn't, he was a messenger for the church, but he's the minister unto Paul. He, he was sent by the church of Philippi to minister to help the apostle Paul. But the great help that Epaphroditus was, was Epaphroditus himself. The greatest gift they sent Paul was they sent him. You realize he became greater than anything he did for Paul. He was his friend. He become he become a, a, a servant. He 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 said he become. Uh, his friend. He showed up at a time the Apostle Paul needed to see somebody and here he walked in. You realize 
What a blessing that is. He was sin. He was a person that when he walked in, Paul said, Man, I sure am good to see you. Paul, I come to help you. Well, that's good and fine. It's just good to see you. He was glad to see him. Boy, we ought to be a Christian that others are glad to see us when we walk walk in the door. They ought to be glad. They ought to be, our demeanor should be one that they, they say, man, I sure enjoy being around them. Have you ever been around some people that you just, you wasn't ugly or nothing, but you would be all right if you wasn't around them. You know, you, they, they just, you know, have you ever, have you ever been uh, around uh, someone you dare not ask them, how are you doing? You dare not ask that question. Because you know, if you ask that question, you're going to get a good long list. I remember years ago, I'd go visit a couple and um, a family in the church. And I'll just be honest with you. I went and done it. But I'd tell my wife, I'd say, Oh, I just, boy, I just don't want to go. I just don't want to go. She'd say, Why? Are they mean to you? I said, No, they're not mean to me. They don't shoot at me. They don't do nothing like that. But when I walk in the door, it's like they take this big vacuum cleaner and stick it to me and suck every bit of life in me out. Do you know what? Do you understand that? I mean, just like they drain me of every bit and I would just come home and I was totally exhausted by being around them people. Now, I went and visited them and... Um, and, um, but, but I'm going to tell you something. Now, I have been to visit people. I've been to visit people. I'll never forget visiting this little old woman. She's in the bed. She, she uh, um, was very sick, very sick. And I love that she said she couldn't hear. So I loud talked to her. She couldn't hear. And she, she drug out this thing. She said, I'm going to show you my faithfulness awards, my perfect attendance awards, my church. I think hung plumb to the floor. It was amazing. And I love it. She said this. She said, I can't hear a thing the preachers are saying. But I decided I wanted the devil to know whose side I'm on. So I go and I shout. I can't hear a thing. I can't. I go to help my preacher and let the devil know whose side I'm on. And she shouted, and I'm telling you, I went to be a blessing to her. And I said, "Well, glory to God! If that woman can do that, I can do a little bit better myself." So you see, Epaphroditus was one of those people that. The Apostle Paul 
He's one of them Christians. Have you ever been around a Christian that just made you feel good? The men I have to come preach, one of the reasons I've had those men is those men help me. The, the, it, both all those men, pastor, large churches. As a matter of fact, Brother Finley probably had 2,000 members Sunday morning. They pastor large churches. And I tell them, I say, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what I do. And these men are kind of men like this. They'll say, well, pastor, I, well, preacher, I don't know if we're doing that good or not. He said, let me help you. He said, I'm pastoring in the middle of several hundred thousand people. And he said, I run a couple thousand. He said, God stuck this church in the middle of nowhere. That's what he said. He said, here's what he told me. He said, the first time I come to this church, I was coming down the road, and I was thinking, it's a little one-room, white building, just a little bitty spot in the road. And I was thinking, just a little old bitty place. When I drove up, he's, I said, wow! I was amazed. I was amazed. Here's what he said. You may be doing better than I am. Now, I don't know about you, that made me feel good. I have had men come in, and I'm standing on the front pew, and they say, you're to get by and see in the crowd with them. I said, you hadn't heard me sing. You hadn't heard me sing. Or they come in and say, you ought to do this in order to try to fix us. Boy, I tell you, I won't be around people that's a blessing to me. Boy, and we got some people in this church that I'm going to be right real honest with you. They're a blessing to be around. They are just a blessing. He was balanced as a son, in his walk as a son, balanced in his work as a servant. Not only that, he was balanced in his warfare as a soldier. Paul said, he's a fellow soldier. He said, when he come time for the fight, he said, was standing right beside of me, ready to fight for the cause. May I say, we ought to be a Christian to fight for what's right. Man, we need to, we need to realize that this spiritual life, there'll be conflicts. And they, if, if Paul was simply saying, we're partners in a common struggle. And he said we're standing shoulder to shoulder. Fighting the flesh, the world, and the devil. I like that. Amen. Boy, there's a great need in this day. For people who are willing to take a stand against the evil in the world. Jude 1.3 says this. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You understand tonight, we are there. 
we are there. And if we don't take a stand for truth, then there won't be no truth. The only ones to stand for truth is the day in where we're living. I love, I don't know if you ever, and I know he's a Presbyterian, and, he, and, and uh, uh, the preacher that preached the wedding for the royal couple. If you've not watched that, you ought to watch it. Now that feller preached. He preached Jesus. He said the answer to the problem is Jesus. Didn't sound like a wedding ceremony whatsoever. He said, I've got my time. They asked me to do it. He preached to that crowd. Even if he was a Presbyterian, we'll forgive him for that. Many believers, let me, let me help you. Many believers lose sight of something. And that is this. People get their eyes, especially in churches. Now, we're not too bad about it here in our church, or I hope we're not. I don't think we are. If we are, quit it. Quit it tonight. A lot of churches that look at brothers and sisters in Christ as being their enemy. May I say, your brother and sister in Christ is not your enemy. It's not your enemy. There is, you have a need. You start down the phone list on the, in, in the directory and you call and say, listen, I got a need. Would you help me pray? I promise you, 95% of this church would pray for you. I promise you, people are gathered around you. Well, that's the great thing. May we be together, brothers and sisters. We're not enemies. We're not enemies. And by the way, we're never justified in attacking a brother in Christ. Never. Never. They're our brothers. Amen. I talk bad about Eddie because he's my brother, but you better not. Amen. You liked that, didn't you? I mean, I, I, he's my brother. I mean, you know, and I could out, still outrun him, so it don't make no difference. But you're not. Oh, the, none of us. Oh, what a great day when we recognize there's none of us all we should be. None of us. All we should be. None of us. I don't want us. Psalmist said he remembers we're dust. We're none of us all we should be. So we ought to pray for one another and lift one another up and ask God to help us each and every one. one he was balanced in warfare as a soldier. As a soldier. Ephesians 6, 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high place. He was a balanced Christian. May I say this? He was a burdened Christian. But he was not burdened for something you would think. Paul said he was nigh unto death, but he's not burdened about that. I'll tell you what he was burdened about. He, he was burdened because his sickness 
made people at Philippi sad. He was burdened because he was concerned about the people in his church. They're going to get word that I've been sick. And they're going to be worried. And they're going to be bothered. He was burdened for them. He was not burdened for himself. You will not find recorded Epaphroditus was ever burdened. He was full of heaviness that he had brought a burden to those people. Man, man. He was burdened that those people would be worried about him. Isn't that something? What a lesson for the church. How many of us can see no further than the end of her nose? <laughs> We're so caught up in our needs and our worlds and our craziness. To be honest with you, it's rarely whether we take thought for someone else. But he said, Philippians 2, 4, Look not every man to his own things, but every man also to the things of others. Galatians 6, 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Miss, Miss Cheryl is really sick. She'd been sick for, for two days, wasn't here this morning. Pray for her. Pray for her. You say, okay, no, no, no. I I need to explain that. You need to go home and pray for her. Because somebody's got three or four children to cook for, to clean for, to take care of. And to do for. It's not just she's sick. Somebody's got to do that. So we need to pray for her. We need to pray for her. Oh, we need to pray for Kathy. Okay, I will. No, no, you don't understand that. How many trips have you made to Greensboro? Let me give you a little insight about driving to Greensboro. It's the longest drive I've ever made in life. Why that is, it is so hard. You can drive from here to Winston, it ain't too bad. But that 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 little leg from Winston into Greensboro, that that is the longest drive. And Eddie's making that twice a week. And I'm telling you. I make it once a week. And it, I, when I make that trip, that's all I get done that day. It'll just wire you out. It'll just wire you out. See, there's a lot of things about, he was a man that looked on things of the others and said, wow, I was reminded of something that I've started, I'd forgotten about it. But I, but I was reminded so while I'm sitting up here and someone's singing, 
I'm reminded to do what Brother Hiles would always do. He would look around the auditorium and he would look and say, that man's worked all day long. Pinpoint one person says, that man's worked all day long. God, would you just bless him richly? This person over here has worked all day long. This lady's worked all day. Would you bless them? Well, it's a great way to live. Look not. He was, he was focused of his burden with his other. And the fruit of this burden, Epaphras was centered on people because he brought joy to the lives of others. Paul said this, I see him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Paul said this, Boy, I'm glad God touched him because if he died, I would have been more brokenhearted than what I am now. He said, I sent him back because I want you to be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Paul used words like rejoice and gladness. Man, then not only was he a balanced Christian, a burdened Christian, but he was a brave Christian. There was a bravery in his service because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death. Well, he's about to die, so I guess he'll just quit. No, not regarding his life to supply your life of service towards me. What Epaphroditus said, I ain't going to quit. He's about to die, but he said, I'm not going to quit because there'll be nobody else to serve Paul. He said, I ain't going to quit. There's a bravery in his service. There's a bravery. Boy, I tell you, wouldn't it be a blessing to have a church full of Epaphroditus in a church. Men and women who had no greater goal than to be obedient to the will of God. Wow. And we got some. We got some. Oh, I'd love to have the whole church like that. There was a bravery in his sacrifice not regarding his life. May I say, Literally means he gambled his life. He voluntarily handed his life over to the Lord and said, it's yours. Had that pioneer spirit of a Jim Elliot who gave his life to the Achaia Indians in South America and said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He literally did not regard his life. And Paul said, when I sent him, he said, I want you to hold such a one in reputation. What he was saying is a prize and I want you to consider him precious. Do you know what Solid Rock Baptist Church needs? Not money. Brother Watch would disagree with that, but not money. This is God's ship. 
is keeping her afloat. Not prestige in the community, not political influence. We need men and women, boys and girls, who will willingly put everything on the line for Jesus and hold nothing back. We need a church filled with Christians that have a Bible reading time, but they also got a prayer time. But they also got a time they witness. They also got a time they work. They also got a time they serve. They're balanced. We need a church full of Christians that are burdened for others. When's the last time? Well, I tell you, what's the last time? You just looked around and say, I wonder what that person's fighting this week. Have you have you noticed? I mentioned this this morning about all the widow ladies that God's given us in our church. Do you realize they get lonely? Not every one of them has told me they struggle. I, I was talking to Brother James. I said, how's your brother doing? He said, loneliness is, he's just so lonely. So what I want you to do, just go home and just for a little while, imagine going home and you're in the house all by yourself. And then you pray for them. God be there. Fill their house. Just fill their house. No, their husbands and wives wouldn't come back if they could. If they could, they wouldn't. Uh, Joe would say, "No, sir, I ain't coming back." Bless God, I got made up here. I ain't coming back. But these dear ladies, you pray for them, burden for others, and then last of all, it takes a certain amount of bravery enough bravery that we determine to live for Christ. Epaphroditus. I wonder, would you be interested in being an Epaphroditus? Let's all stand to our feet.